As I was in time of preparation during the week, I began to think of that old song that we sang in the church so many, many times. When the storms of life are raging, stand by me. When the storms of life are raging, stand by me. When the world is tossing me like a ship upon the sea, thou who rulest wind and water, stand by me. In the midst of tribulation, stand by me. In the midst of tribulation, stand by me. When the host of hell assail and my strength begins to fail, thou who never lost a battle, stand by me. In the midst of faults and failures, stand by me. In the midst of faults and failures, stand by me. When I do the best I can, and my friends misunderstand. Thou who knowest all about me, stand by me. In the midst of persecution, stand by me. In the midst of persecution, stand by me. When my foes in battle array undertake to stop my way, thou who saved Paul and Silas, stand by me. And then that last verse, when I'm growing old and feeble, Stand by me. When I'm growing old and feeble, stand by me. When my life becomes a burden and I'm nearing chilly Jordan, oh, thou lily of the valley, stand by me. Can you sing that song and mean it? Can you move about this week and think about the fact that God loves you? unconditionally that God's got a plan for your life it's so easy to see and to experience something like we've experienced in the last 24 hours and say I wish I could do that but you know what where we can't do what Larnell and Tiffany does we can be who we are in Christ and we can be what God wants us to be and he promises to stand by us he says no weapon that's formed against you is going to prosper because this is your inheritance because you're my children. The book of Isaiah, the 26th chapter, there's a comforting word in verse 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Whenever we deal with the storms of life, we better be prepared. When the hurricanes come to our area, we're always warned way ahead of time. Get ready. The storm is coming. Get ready. Go out and buy your batteries, you know. Get your generator. Get plenty of water. On and on we go. Uh, but the Lord says, one day I'm coming again. And until I come, there's going to be trials and troubles. There's going to be tribulations. There's going to be storms that don't come from the weather station, but they come from the heavens. And our, our word is, I'll be with you even till the end of the age. I hope you have a goal. You know, if you don't have a goal, you don't ever know when you got there. We need to find out what God's up to and get in on it. We're to say, Lord, what would you have me to do? Lord, I just rejoice in what others can do, but what would you have me to do? Because you made me 
in your image. And you gave to me life. And when I am enjoying recreation, I want to be in your will. When, when I am out there in relaxation and watching the others recreate, I'm relaxing. But I want you to stand with me. Because the storms come when you're active and when you're not active. We never know what another day is going to bring difficulty and hardship. We strive for it, but few achieve it. I watch people, I've not been one that has taken a whole lot of vacations, but I like to watch people that come back from their vacation decide when I'm going to take them my next one. And recently it's been kind of discouraging because they come home more tired, it looks like, at times than when they left. The only difference is they're now broke. And maybe that's what leads to the depression. I don't know. But I know this. You can't run from the storms of life. They're going to come. They're going to come. And when you read this text it says you'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee and you say but I'm biting my fingernails I'm shaking I'm talking to my counselor I'm doing this I'm that and you wonder what's going on Lord why has this slipped up on me you know what trials and troubles shouldn't slip up on you they're coming you should look for them they're coming and you need to be prepared for them when they do come. But the important thing is that you know what does God say about all of this. I've got a question. Why can't people find peace when the Bible makes it so clear that you can? That you can come to that point in your life when you can really believe all things work together for good to those that love the Lord and are the called according to His purpose. And when that time comes in your life, you're going to make a major step in the direction that God has wanted you to go for a long, long time. When you bounce around like a ball in a pinball machine and hitting this wall and that wall and try this job and that job and this relation and that relation and and this sin and that sin and move here move there move here move there whatever none of that helps you but yet God speaks very clearly that he can overcome that because you know who caused trouble Satan you know who can control Satan I can't no you can't but he that's in you can but if he's not in you you can't you cannot. I do not care what doctors you go to and what medications you take. You cannot live in peace until you make peace with the God that made you. Amen. He wants to come into your life. He wants to take you just like you are and make you what he made you to be. He's the creator. He can create the universe out of nothing. So imagine what he can create out of you if you're frustrated today, disappointed, and even at the point of giving up. The perfect peace 
Now listen to me. It doesn't come by changing your circumstances. You can move out of Houston so that you can get away from your problems, but I'll tell you one thing. The devil will help, help you unload the van when you get to wherever you move to. He knows a shorter route to get there than you know. When the storms of life come, the one that creates the physical storms can deal with the emotional and mental and spiritual storms that you can have and will have if you leave God out. It was a great day when the man of God said, I've learned to be content. If you'll take this Bible and start reading in Genesis and read it to Revelation, you know what you're going to find? You're going to find it talking about peace in every part of this book. Because this is about God. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the one that you search for. And those of you that know and lived a lot of years, I came to know Jesus when I was seven years old. But boy, if you came to know the Lord when you're 50 years old, you sure do have a lot of stories to tell of what a wonderful change in your life took place when Jesus came into your heart. Now, if I were going to talk about storms, and I would just open up the floor, some of you would say, well, the storm I'm going through right now is physical problems. Either I'm having them or somebody close to me is having them. And I'm fighting disease. I'm fighting an injury. I'm fighting some type of a mental or physical illness. And it's a storm for you. And the Bible says when you get in the storm, that's when you let God pick you up and carry you. That's when you begin to take that disease and give it to God he is the great physician he is the one that created us out of one tiny microscopic cell and he will lead us for some of you it's money I'm talking right now to a lot of people and your biggest problem is you chose to do it the devil's way and you're in bondage financially and you can't hardly live day by day without just being depressed. If you walk with God, you'll remember something. And that is, my God will supply all your need. And you know what? If God doesn't supply it, he'll show you how to get along without it. Amen. You may have lost your good seats at the ball game. Because you just couldn't pay for it. Somebody else got them. That's good. You can stay home and watch it for free now with parking included <laughs> for some it's marriage problems for some it's family problems for some it's business problems everybody's got their problem but oh what a savior oh what a savior he loves us unconditionally if we can't make it on our own, he can pick us up and carry us if we'd quit kicking and squalling. Amen. If we would just be still and know that he's God. That if he has put you in a time, just think when you're broke, you can't lose anything. 
Everybody else talking. Allah said that. Not me. I didn't have anything to lose, you know. Just welcome to the crowd. I'm a genius at how to live this way. Come talk to me. But it is more than dealing with circumstances around you to have a peace in your life. Don't deal with the circumstances. Deal with your relationship with God. Stay focused. Walk with him. Talk to him. Read his word. Fellowship with the people that love God. Sing the songs of the faith. Learn to praise the Lord. I've told our church many times, my studio is in my pickup truck. And I can put anybody, even Tiffany, I don't know if I'm going to play you first or, or Larnell, but whatever it is, I'm going to sing just like I'm one of them. And you're not going to be there to criticize me. I will get out of the city limits with my windows rolled up and air conditioning going full force. But I'm going to think I'm Larnell. I'm going to get that mic going like this and that grabbing us, you know, that, that stick shift, you know, I'll be trying to get it out of the floor because I just want to sing like Larnell. But I learned a long time ago because a lot of people told me you're not going to be a Larnell. And for you ladies, you're not going to be a Tiffany maybe. But we can pray for them. But we can also do what we can do. Storms are not pleasant. Many of you have been through a lot of physical storms. Some of you have moved from the Midwest. You've seen the tornadoes, maybe the fires of California, the flooding of the Mississippi, and of course the hurricanes of the coast. But in the midst of all of that, we're survivors. We're survivors. If, if God lives in our lives. Now, here's what happens to a lot of folks. There is temporary answers to the storms of life, but there's only one eternal answer for the storms of life. I will quickly say there are things that this world provides for us that can help us temporarily. But the day will come when we'll all draw our last breath regardless of what hospital we're in or what doctor's taking care of us. That day was going to come. And then we'll be in eternity. We'll either be in eternity with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit, or we'll be a cast in the pit for the unredeemed and the unsaved that rejected, and listen, the only thing that causes you to go to hell is not your particular sin except one. You have rejected Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. You cannot live your life where you deserve heaven. All you have to do is ask any friend, and if you're married, just ask your mate, and they'll tell you, Bubba, if you think you're going to heaven by your good works, you need to go talk to the pastor. Because it's by what? Grace that we're saved. Through faith. That not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Your peace doesn't come because of your circumstances. Our peace comes because of our relationship with God. People that are in great health with lots of money 
and many, many friends are some of the most miserable people living right now. And some that have nothing but him are rejoicing because they know, they know whose they are and they know where they're going and that he's going to go with them every step of the way. I read a quote by Stonewall Jackson. He said, my father cares for me whether I am in bed or in battle. I think what he's trying to say is when we're at peace and at ease, God's with us. But when the battle starts, he's still with us. He's in our corner. Better than that, he's in our heart. He's living in our life. Don't look at your bank account, your family pictures, and say, I ought to be happy. Become happy. Well, how do you do that? You do it by simply following the Scripture. Acknowledge your sin. Confess that sin. Turn from that sin. Invite Jesus into your life and start the new journey. And check with him continually. Don't just pray at night, now I lay me down to sleep. Don't start that. Pray without ceasing, the Bible says. Make every decision. Make every decision. The decision today. What are you going to do today? What are you going to do for the rest of today? Have you got it all planned out? Yeah, I got it all planned out. Well, I've got, I'm having a busy Sunday afternoon. Well, did God plan all that? Well, I don't know, but I sure am miserable. Well, maybe he didn't. Maybe what has happened is we have taken over the reins when we should let go and let God. You know, when Stephen was being stoned, at first Christian martyr, the Bible says he had a peace on his face that the people began to notice. And those stones could penetrate his skin, but they could not penetrate his peace. He knew, he knew that this was just his gate that he'd go through to be with the Lord. When God convinces you that he's the source of your peace and he alone, it'll be a brand new day in your life. When you come to that point, when the bottom drops out, but you have made your commitment to follow him wherever he leads, I will go. When you come to that moment when the bottom drops out, you can still have a peace that passes all understanding. There can be a peace even on your face of just resting in the Lord and saying, oh God, I'm going to trust you unconditionally. So the question is this, one more time. Are you thinking about your problem today or are you thinking about your God? Now, if you don't have the true God, you're thinking of your problem. If you have a true God and you're thinking about the problem, you need to let go and let God have the problem and follow him. But you can't do that if you don't have God in your life. You don't get saved by quitting drinking, quit running around, quit cussing, quit doing all this kind of thing and say, well, I'm a pretty good Christian. God doesn't grade on the curve. You're either saved or you're lost. You're either a child of God or you're not a child of God. If you're a child of God, he's going to take care of you. If you're not, nothing's going to help you. 
You can't get enough money. You can't get good enough looking. You can't be that strong. You can't be that smart. You can't have that much money. You can't have that many friends. The one friend you want to know is Jesus. And he sticks closer than a brother. And he won't walk out on you when the props are knocked out from under you. But until we get that relationship right, we can't worship. We can't study this Bible. We can't pray. We can't praise God that we don't know. We can't give to a God we don't know. But we think if we do those things, then we get right with God. No, you don't get right with God. You get right with God. The Bible said, unless you come as a little child, you in no way enter the kingdom of God. You have to give your life to Jesus and then follow him. And wherever he leads, you go. And if he's there, he's all you need. He's all you need. And until we can see ourselves in the hand of an omnipotent, all-powerful God, an omniscient, all-knowing God, until that day comes, we will be with the majority, the overwhelming majority, that is absolutely miserable day by day. Tried it all. Tried it all. But nothing is satisfied. Nothing will satisfy, my friend, until you meet your Creator face to face and follow the plan of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We've got to see ourselves in His hands with all power and all knowledge. Don't just push your problem away. It'll come back. It'll come back. But you know something? When all these problems pile up, when you can come to that moment when you can focus on the resurrected, soon-coming Jesus, you're on your way to a life of joy. Peace will come in the midst of storms. Comfort will come when everyone is hysteric because your faith is in Him. His power his might. He can forgive sin. You, you know, I can start and never sin again, and you could do the same thing, but you know what? What about the past? Who's going to take care of that? Oh, I'm going to try to make it right with everybody. You can't make it right, but he can make it right. And when the storms come, you better know the one who created them. He either allowed it to happen or he created it to happen. God has a way of building barricades to those of us that are running from him. Of course, the obvious question is, do you really want it? And you don't need to look spiritual. You need to be honest. Do you really want it? Well, no, not right now. No, my bank account's okay. My marriage is okay. My job is okay. Doctor says, I've just never seen anybody like me before. Be careful how you interpret that. <laughs> but quite frankly, the truth is that the overwhelming majority that are listening to me, whether you're in this auditorium or radio, television, whatever it is, you're with the majority because the Bible says narrow is the way that leads to eternal life and few there are that find it. Right. 
But those that find it every day is sweeter than the day before. And when you're on the mountain, you praise the Lord. When you're in the valley, you praise the Lord. With everything that goes on in your life, you'll weep, you'll cry, you'll hurt, but there will come a, a peace and a cure for those struggles that Satan has caused. Seek, the Bible says, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be open unto you. So do you want it? I'll give you three things in just a couple of minutes. Number one, the pathway to peace in the midst of the storm is forgiveness. You've got to have your sins of the present and past forgiven and forgotten. And that's where the blood of Jesus comes in. That's when the blood that is not preached in most pulpits of America any longer, the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. You cannot sing good enough, pray hard enough, know more about the Bible, and get saved. You've got to confess your sin, repent, and let the blood forgive them. Pay for it, and then you are forgiven, and you start over again. But without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. Forgiveness is an imperative. Now, let me give you an idea to get it started. Forgive others. Us forgive others. You hear what I'm saying? You're asking God to do something you're not willing to do. Anybody here mad at anybody? Because they did you wrong? Anybody here say, you know, they just didn't, they're not doing me right. You know what we need to do? Forgive. That's their problem. We just need to be still and know he's God and walk with God and know every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. And Lord, what would you have me to do? And whatever that is, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to trust you. But you cannot have a new life until you take care of the past. You've got to have your sins forgiven. The pastor, the rabbi, the priest, the pope, nobody can forgive your sins but Jesus alone. And he doesn't have any out working for him to handle that area of it. Only the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. The Bible says that the wicked don't know a thing about peace. The wicked do not know and will not experience peace, not in this life or in the life to come. But we can ask God's Believers, if you choose to live your life without God, and please hear me, I'm preaching with all the sincerity of my being, and I'm going to tell you, you don't have to be saved. You don't have to. You can do whatever you want to. You say, I like to do that. Nobody tells me what to do. You have that choice. I'm just encouraging you for just about 30 seconds to think of the options and think of the results. Do you really think you can stand before God and convince him that he ought to let you into heaven? I don't know what things you're going to point out, but I don't have that many virtues. I'm going to have to point to the blood, the blood. I'm going to have to say, Jesus, where are you? So I'm right here, John. Father, he belongs to me because my blood paid for his sin. That's what salvation is. Doesn't matter what your denominational affiliation is. It's the blood, the blood, the blood, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. That's what it is. Number two, 
Not only forgiveness, it's where's your focus going to be. You're going to go out of here and you're going to focus on something. Some of you will go out of here and say, I'm going to try to forget that sermon as quick as I can. But you're going to go out and you're, you're going to have to focus your attention on something. Now, you can either focus on trying every sin that you've ever heard about. Or you can go out of here and say, this is the first day of the rest of my life. And as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm not buying that anymore. Satan has, has messed with me long enough. And I'm going to be a follower of Jesus Christ. So what are you looking at to decide what you're going to do when you walk out of here in just a moment or when you cut off the television? What are you going to do? What are you going to focus on? What does this week have planned for you? Is your focus going to be on this world? Or is your focus going to be on eternity beginning right now? You make the call. You can watch what everybody else is watching, do what everybody else is doing, talk like everybody else is talking, think like everybody else is thinking. That's your call. But you got to get focused. You have to get focused. Looking, the Bible says, we're to look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He started it, and he's going to end it. He decided we'd be born, and he'll decide where we spend eternity. And it'll all be Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then finally, I wrote down the word faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The Bible says, by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. There are many today that on the intellectual charts, the IQ charts or whatever, they sincerely believe because of their degree that they're smarter than the God that created the universe. Who said to them, my stripes will make you whole. My blood will save you. I did die on the cross and I did rise from a grave. And I am coming again. And you know what's going to matter? Not how well you finished at the university of what's happening now school. But what did you do with the sacrifice of my only son's blood in order that you could have life everlasting? Everybody in this church knows that my favorite invitation hymn is wherever he leads, I'll go. My favorite verse is trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Solomon wrote that. Go back and check the charts. He's a pretty smart guy. You like money, he's a pretty rich guy. He's a pretty powerful guy. You like power, he's a pretty powerful guy. He said, I'm trusting the Lord with all my heart. That's the answer. That's where your faith comes in. And peace is an overflow of the love and the forgiveness of God. That's where you have peace. I'm forgiven. I'm saved. If you've ever been in a court and you waited for the verdict and you were the one accused... And you heard that form of the jury stand up and say, not guilty. 
Watch the camera in the audience. Watch the celebration of the accused. There's rejoicing. But look at the other side. Guilty as charged. If you're guilty and say, I'm a sinner. If you say, I've never confessed my sin to the Lord and asked Jesus into my life. I've never done that. Never thought it was necessary. I think baptism is just a church thing that they do. And that means nothing. That's your choice. But if you take the choice of the Bible, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission for sin. So, put your faith somewhere. You can put it in the government. You can put it in the economy. You can put it in the oil and gas business. You can put it in anything you want to. But my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. And on Christ, the solid rock, I'll stand, and all the other ground is sinking sand. There's not a person in this auditorium right now that asked Jesus Christ to come into their life, that God kept them for a few years and threw them out the first time that they made a mistake and sinned. No, sir. The blood of Christ cleanses from past sin, present sin, and sin to future. But everybody that's born again in this auditorium didn't go out to seek what kind of sin they could get in. We wanted to just follow the Lord. When the devil had barricades and trapped us and hit us behind the head and poured everything into us he could, let our eyes see things we shouldn't see and our feet take us to where we shouldn't walk. But I'm telling you, the blood of Christ cleanses from all sin. And if you want to be happy, the happiness comes in Jesus Christ. So will you trust him? Will you trust him? Some of you have been to the doctor for the terrible disease of cancer. You wait for the report. What is it going to be? The tests have been run. The evidence is here. The report is accurate. It is clear. It's either going to be positive or it's going to be negative. But when you hear cancer-free, you're on that phone, you're praising God. Those of you that can't sing, we start again, Tiffany, start trying to. And praise God from whom all blessings flow. The great physician, he touched me, he touched me. Oh, he saved me, changed me, redeemed me, and equipped me by letting me have breath to breathe eyes to see, mouth to speak, a life to live. And the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. Now, there's a big old word that we use. Just want to impress you. If you go to seminary, you can learn this word, justified. Justified. I am justified. Let me just break it down in third grade language. Justified means you're just as if I'd never sinned. It's what happens when the blood, when the blood saves you.